Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe. We are recording this Wednesday, July 28th at about 11.07, to be exact, a.m. Central Time. Um, Wednesday this week, I don't know why, that's just kind of how it landed. I was going to do something yesterday, but uh, Wednesday it is. We do have some questions, and I appreciate you guys sending them my way let's hop into those right away um it's kind of a slow time of year uh for iowa athletics we had uh, a recruiting tailgate on sunday uh that i think went pretty well for iowa um picked up a commitment from cam buffington a 2024 linebacker out of Winfield Mount Union. So that was a nice pickup for them. They identified him this summer, had him out of the camp, impressed them. They offered in June. He committed in July. So uh, along with Cody Fox, Iowa has two commitments in the 24 class. And, and for those folks that don't um, follow it by the class numbers, those guys are going into their sophomore years of high school, if that puts it in a, a better uh, a different uh, frame for you. It's uh, they're young, is what I'm saying, and uh, I was on them early. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was good news for Iowa. We uh, were trying to think if there were any uh, if there was any other. Um, there were some offers that came out of that. Caden uh, Fegan had been offered at the end of June. Uh, he's a linebacker, running back out of Illinois. Uh, Trevor Lauk. Uh, got a football offer this weekend at that uh, junior day. Uh, so that worked out well for him. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty quiet overall um, junior day tailgate, however you want to frame it. And some of these guys aren't even juniors yet. So uh, it's tough to even consider it a junior day anymore. But uh, that's kind of where we're at there. I was uh, in Indianapolis last week at Lucas Oil Stadium on Friday for the Big Ten Football Media Days uh, with Kirk Ferentz, Tyler Lindebaum, Tyrone Tracy, and Zach Van Valkenburg. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a good time. It was good to get back. Uh, we, we start, we've started, I guess, in the spring and summer uh, doing more face-to-face -face interviews and fewer Zooms. So 
that was a nice slice of normalcy that we're used to in the summer, the Big Ten media days, uh, normally in Chicago this year in Indianapolis, going back to Chicago next year. Uh, I think we may have a question or two on um, uh, reaction from, from what I saw down there, and I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, it was just good to see those guys get to – uh, those by those guys, I mean the student athletes get to mingle a little bit with fellow student athletes and coaches and the Big Ten network, and just good to see some again some normalcy to our lives. Hopefully that continues here. I'm not going to get and go down the uh, the COVID uh, rabbit hole today uh, and get in those weeds. Uh, we'll have plenty of time for that, um, but I'll discuss uh, some of the things that we learned down there. Uh, in regards to where the team is at, some injury news, things like that. Um, maybe uh, when I when I go through these questions, and because uh, I think somebody asked specifically about that. So let's jump right in with E, which is at NBA underscore fan underscore 2014 on Twitter. Frequent contributor to the podcast. Appreciate you checking in. How many games will Iowa football? Here we go. How many games will Iowa football miss you? Due to not all players being vaccinated, um, no idea how to measure that. I mean, it's kind of, you know, thought Iowa did a pretty good job with it last year. Uh, it was not responsible for any cancellations during the year. Uh, its game against Michigan was canceled because of the Wolverines, and then its whole game against Missouri was uh, canceled because of the uh, Tigers. So um, that was not Iowa's fault. I'm hoping that the little, and I don't know if it was little or not, but the, the issues that Iowa had in June with, you know, uh, the virus, and I think there was contra- contact tracing involved there that took guys out of workouts, um, according to Kirk Ferentz. Hopefully that was enough of a wake-up call. Um, if guys aren't vaccinated to um, – you know, continue to mask, uh, social distance, keep themselves out of harm's way. Uh, because obviously if, you know, there's an issue and just to give people an update on where Iowa's at, at least as of Friday, Kirk Ferentz had said about 70% of the team was vaccinated. So that leaves quite a chunk of people that aren't um, and could put Iowa uh, in danger uh, should because it's not only, and I'm not going to litigate, you know, if it's a, you know, dangerous to these guys that as young, in shape student athletes and contact tracing and all the other stuff we've litig- litigated over the last year and a half. I'm not going down that road. The protocols are in place, though. And guys that are not vaccinated will have to be tested at least once a week, Kirk Ferris said, maybe more frequently than that. Um, and if something pops up, there's contact tracing. So I don't know. How, how would you feel if, uh, you know, the, the Thursday before the opener, the Friday before the opener, somebody tests positive and Iowa can't play against Indiana and then contact tracing, may, you know, handicaps it against Iowa State the follow, following week and Iowa's 0-2 because they've never been, it's not been able to play a game. That may be extreme, but you just never know. And that's the possibility that's out there. I'm not going down the road of if guys should or shouldn't be vaccinated. It's up to them, but there are consequences for our actions. And 
there are protocols in place and we'll kind of see where this goes. It's not uh, in a good place in certain parts of the country right now. And uh, the governor, Kim Reynolds has said she's not going to mandate masks. And in fact, she will she put into law that uh, you can't mandate masks. So I don't know how that's going to affect people. Uh, but anyway, it's really hard for me to predict how many games they're going to miss. Hopefully none. Uh, hopefully that's the case. But it's too hard to predict here on whatever it is, July the 28th, what's going to happen a month from now, six weeks from now. If we've learned anything over the last year and a half. It's a very fluid situation where, you know, you just have to kind of take it day by day and see where things go. But we're out of the woods when the vaccines came, but that isn't the case. And uh, we move on from here and kind of see where it goes. Uh, second part of E's question, will Kinnick have full attendance all season or not? Again, it's a good question. I just, I don't know how to predict that because I don't know where this virus is headed. Um, I don't know what kind of variants we're going to get. I don't know what's going to happen when the season runs into cold and flu season along with the virus um, and more people are out and about than they were at this time last year, or at least, um, uh, you know, the protocols are, and, and the guidelines are relaxed now compared to the way they were last fall. Um, I really don't know. Let me take a sip of coffee here because I'm still trying to wake up even though it's so much noon. Thank you for your patience as I take that gulp. Um, I'm going to say um, Kinnick will not have full attendance off season. I think there's going to be something in place, or there's going to be masks required or uh, proof of vaccination. I don't know. It's too hard. There are so many variables that go into this. It's hard to predict, you know, one way or the other. Getting through, you know, whatever it is, four months, three months uh, without any issues and, and not having um, any issues at the civil suit. I mean, it's kind of that point where I can't really, I'd hate to go too far down the road of predicting. Um, I appreciate the questions. I think they're great questions, but I think the answer to my those questions, and I know it may seem like a cop out, time will tell. We'll see kind of how things transpire here with the virus and if Iowa, if the Iowa team, if the student athletes on the team, uh, if more guys, I don't know, maybe the FDA approves the vaccine and that, you know, that encourages more people, more of the student athletes to get vaccinated. I don't know all the reasons that 30% is a pretty big chunk of players uh, to not be vaccinated. So I don't know what all the reasons are. And so it's hard to really say uh, what would make them or, um, what would move them to, to, to be vaccinated. So wait and see. Um, I just, I, you know, I just think now it's in our, you know, it's in our consciousness now that there could be an issue with what Kirk Perrin said on Friday about the percentage of guys uh, who aren't vaccinated. So kind of a time will tell, wait and see approach. Uh, Drake Timbers at Drake Timbers on Twitter asks, in regards to player salaries, can the Big Ten compete with the SEC without ESPN? Or will Ken Fox match? Um, it's a good question. And all these, the, the landscape of TV great is fascinating to me in the fact that, or just by the fact that 
the streaming has be, is is kind of I I went to streaming. I'm trying to think now. It's got to have been I, you know I went with PlayStation View for a while till it disbanded, and now I use YouTube. Not that they promote this podcast or deserve free advertisement, but I enjoy you know I thought both of those uh, platforms worked well for me. YouTube works well for me, but this it'll be interesting to see what type of money is there in the streaming services and if there can be exclusives maybe with conferences and schools in terms of streaming uh, I, i'm gonna be completely transparent and upfront here i do not know the ins and outs of tv uh and, and what kind of uh what the options are for them um player salaries you know, name, image, like this, things like that is kind of what we're talking about here. I still think the Big Ten is fine. And, and, and you know, I, I think the, that, uh, what am I trying to say? The SEC, obviously, with Texas and Oklahoma is going to become even more attractive from a television standpoint. Uh, but there's still, I mean, there's still plenty there for the Big Ten. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan, Big Ten schools do well. Uh, in terms of uh, viewership and ratings and things like that. So I think they'll be okay. I, I don't think it's just going to be, it's going to completely tip the scales, you know, from one to the other. The Big Ten is still, um, even with the SEC and, and how well uh, positioned it was before Oklahoma and Texas, the Big Ten was still, you know, at the top of the heap in terms of uh, TV deals and, and marketability and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, if anything, it takes it away from the Big 12, and that probably gives wherever those schools in the Big 12 may end up, if that conference disbands, will bring viewership to the Pac-12 or the Big, Big 10, wherever those schools go. Uh, if schools end up leaving the ACC, although much tougher there with uh, the – the uh, TV deal that the ACC has. So just, I, these are again, kind of like with E's question about um, the, 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 you know, vaccinations and, and, you know, how that will impact football this season. It's just, I think it's just, we're, we're going to have to wait to see um, where the dust settles on all of this stuff in terms of con conference expansion does the Big Ten add? Does it stay the same? Uh, you know, what type of deal does the SEC get in, on top of this? Um, you know, can the Pac-12 and Big Ten combine for something uh, together uh, in terms of TV? Um, it's hard to say. Um, I, and again, I, I, I'm going to fully admit I'm not, you know, I do not know the ins and outs of this. And uh you know what? I will ask Scott Bachman about this tomorrow on our Hawkeye Hotspot podcast here on the Hawk Fanatic feed. He's much more connected on this, and uh, I will ask him kind of what uh, what he thinks the TV ramifications are of this move. But uh, I don't think this. I don't do not see this being a death knell to the Big Ten in terms of being able to um, benefit. It's student athletes off of name, image, likeness. I think there's great opportunities still there for that. And I don't think that that's going to draw all the athletes to the SEC. SEC football is still there, are, you know, and Texas and Oklahoma are, are, are already recruiting 
high level athletes as it is. So I'm not sure how much that changes the balance of this anyway. So kind of where I'm at on that. Appreciate the question, Drake. Check in again. Um, good to hear from you. Uh, Pat Hardy at Pat Hardy on Twitter, uh, the proprietor of the Hawk Fanatic um, brand. Sorry, I'm getting messages. Uh, anyway, um, Pat asks, what's your prediction for the NBA draft with Luca and Joe? I think both guys will get drafted. I think Wieskamp goes first. I'll say he goes 45 and Luca goes 50, just because I like round numbers. And I don't know who owned those picks. Uh, I haven't looked at it that closely. Um, but I think, uh, I think maybe five spots will separate them. And I think Joe is probably in the 40 to 45 range. And Luke is probably in that 48 to 53 range somewhere in there. Um, it'd be interesting to see where they go. It's exciting. Um, I can't remember. And Pat would probably know this better than me. The last time Iowa had two players drafted. Um, I know that NBA draft used to have more rounds than just two. Um, but maybe just the comparison of the first two rounds. Um, I don't know. Did Roy and BJ come out the same year? I can't remember. You guys, I don't have a media guide in front of me, but I know it's got to have been a long time since I always had two guys taken in the same draft. Um, maybe, was it maybe Ryan Bowen and J.R. Koch? Nah, I can't remember if Ryan Bowen would be. I'm really bad at this stuff, guys. Don't. I know you're probably laughing at me and calling me an idiot on the other end. I have to look everything up these days. I go back either to the HawkeyeSports.com history or look at my media guides. I have to always look things up these days. I can't remember things as much anymore. I should probably look into um, some type of, uh, uh, um, not I don't say medication, but something that, uh, something healthy that promotes memory. Is there something out there for that? Um, probably drinking less beer at night would help, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, so, moving on to Pat's second question: Should Gary Barta step in and mandate that UI student athletes get vaccinated? No, I don't think you want to go down that road. Um, I think you educate these guys and gals. I think you just say, "Hey, here's the here's the science on this. Here's the benefits of this." Here's what happens if you don't get vaccinated. And these are the risks that you're taking, not only for yourself, but for your teammates and this department, you know, and then it's up to the student athlete and his or her family. I just, I think that's a slip, slippery slope to go in and mandate that uh, of your student athletes, um, especially in this day and age when, you know, there's so, so much of this is, can be public. Uh, that's going to, you got to think about kind of what that image is going to look like out there to mandate vaccines. So I would say no, I certainly could, I guess I could, you know, make an argument for him doing so. Um, but really, I think the approach that they're taking and, and we learned yesterday, the Iowa basketball men's basketball account tweeted out that everybody involved in the program, players, coaches, support staff, trainers, everybody is vaccinated 100%. Um, we have not heard from women's basketball or wrestling 
um, and wrestling was impacted by COVID last year. So it'd be interesting to see what, what its approach is to this. Um, but I, I would say mandating it is probably going down a slippery slope that I would not go down um, just because I think, you know, you have to respect an individual's rights. Um, it's not FDA approved yet. Um, just there are, there are, you know, issues there with doing something like that. So, and then Pat's last question, uh, asking for my thoughts on Iowa State joining the Big Ten. You know, I, I think you have to look at it and say, what are the options? Is it just Iowa State and Kansas or something like that? Are there other options? I think you look at Iowa State's candidacy and say, you know, what are the benefits of bringing Iowa State into the conference? Um, pretty passionate fan base, uh, sells out, you know, a 60,000-seat stadium, which would be one of the smaller stadiums in the Big Ten, but maybe that can expand if it joins the Big Ten. Uh, academically, very good school. Um, I think you'd have some natural rivalries there, not only with Iowa, but Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska. You know, I think you could have some natural rivalries there with that. I wonder if they look at Missouri and see if Missouri's like, listen, we're taking a beating in the SEC. Let's move over to the Big Ten. Um, I think Colorado, uh, I don't think really has, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, become identified with the Pac-12 yet. I mean, I know it's in the Pac-12, but I still think about them being in the Big 12. So I don't know, and that may just be me, but I think there are options out there. Obviously, Notre Dame is the is the is the white whale, but I just I don't know enough about it. It just seems the people in the know say Notre Dame's not making that move. So whatever. I I've pretty much given up on the thought of Notre Dame ever being in the Big Ten, at least during my lifetime. So We'll see what happens there. But as far as Iowa State, I can see benefits to it. And again, I'm not trying to ride the fence here. I can see benefits to it, but I also don't think it's anything that really moves the needle a lot. I think it would be a really big story, obviously, in this state and maybe even somewhat in the region. Um, but I don't see it moving the needle much on a national basis. Um, you look at the big, big or the SEC, it's not adding Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, no disrespect to those schools. It's adding the two marquee teams from a conference. So then if you're the Big Ten, you take, you know, the, the, uh, the schools that are kind of left there where people are saying, we're not even sure if this conference is going to be able to survive with the schools that remain. Or do you look outside the box and maybe go for, you know, just because Syracuse and Pitt are in the ACC, do you kind of see if they want to come over? Um, do you look at a West Virginia or a Virginia Tech um, or a Missouri? Um, I think most of those schools are all bigger names than Iowa State from a conference standpoint. Um, but we'll see. Um, I don't see. I, I don't see, as I said, Iowa State moving the needle that much. So unless you're adding like four teams and Iowa State's one of them, maybe, but I don't think you add Iowa State and like Baylor, maybe Kansas because of the basketball legacy and, you know, and being a blue blood there, but the football is just pathetic. Um, but then again, I, our, uh, the Big Ten added Rutgers, which its football is pathetic and Maryland isn't much better. So another drink of coffee. We'll see though. 
I don't see, I know it's a, it's a popular topic around here, but I just, for, for purposes of, uh, you know, moving the needle, I think you add, you know, go to the Pac-12 and read the Pac-12 for USC and UCLA and USC and Washington or, or the best, you know, premier schools in that conference or the premier schools in the ACC. You don't go and pick over the leftovers from the SEC picking over the Big 12. That's just my thought. Uh, Kinnick under the kitchen at Ingle underscore Hawkcave on Twitter asks, what is the most interesting note you got from Kirk at Big Ten Media Day not said on the podium? I think it probably goes to the, the vaccination, Kinnick. Um, I think that was really the, the, the biggest news that came out of there. Um, I think recruiting, uh, his lack of panic in recruiting, um, which I think is okay for now. We've talked about that before on this podcast and on the Hotspot podcast and written about it. Um, too early to panic, really, with recruiting in 2022 being a little slower. Um, so kind of see what happens there. But I think those were probably two of the most interesting things out of that. And then Logan Jones. Uh, I thought Logan Jones could be a key contributor uh, at defensive tackle this year. It doesn't sound like he's going to be ready for camp and, uh, or, and or the start of the regular season. That really hurts Iowa depth-wise at defensive tackle, a position where there are a lot of unknowns right now. Um, you know, you've got Yahweh Black. You've got Noah Shannon and, uh, you know, uh, Logan Lee. You've got, you know, unknown parts in there. I thought Logan Jones was a guy who the coaches really liked, who unfortunately may not be able to help right out of the start of the season. So that one was a big one for me. I know it kind of went under the radar with the recruiting and the vaccination news but and discussion. But I really think Logan Jones being out, and this was referred to uh, earlier, I think, when Kirk met with us in June. Um, but I think that's kind of being underplayed right now. Defensive line has a lot of, uh, you know, ha has had a lot of turnover the last few years. And Logan Jones, I think, was a guy that could, could help. So um, that, that was a nugget that came out for me, Kenick, that uh, kind of uh, made me look at that position again. So. I would say that was something that came on the side session that was a little bit different. Um, and Kinnick under the kitchen also asked, have you heard if anything on Tyler Andrews of Norwalk? That's a good question. Um, you know, there's, he didn't make the depth chart. It's a trying to think what Tyler is. Is he a third year player? I think he's a third year player. Might be a fourth year player. Guys mature and develop at different rates. Um, you know, and there's some young guys now that are in the mix at offensive line that are younger than him, that have passed him on the depth chart. But those depth charts right now are really just a guide. We'll see what happens. I mean, it could kick in for Tyler in camp during the fall. Um, we've seen guys kind of come on later in their career and contribute. Um, he could be one of those guys. Sometimes it just takes that jump from high school to college takes some time. But to answer your question, I haven't heard a lot of him. I'll try to ask maybe George Barnett on media day uh, what he sees from Tyler. I haven't heard much from an injury standpoint uh, of anything holding him back. But, uh, you know, you just kind of build and it's a developmental program. And some guys develop at different, all guys develop at different rates. 
and you know a guy can come in and, and, you know, like Connor Colby and be like, okay, this guy's ready to play early, you know, Tristan Wirfs or Alaric Jackson or somebody. And then there are other guys um, that, you know, don't kick in until maybe later in their career. Uh, Jack Plum, I think is in that. Um, he may be in the same, same class as Andrew. So, and then there are other guys obviously that uh, are behind that. So, We'll kind of have to see with Tyler. I'll try to get some intel on that, though, Kinnick, and uh, get back to you if uh, if I hear anything concrete on that. But my guess is he's just a he's just a guy trying to continue to develop and work his way into the de- into the depth chart. That's kind of where I would say now, with any without any other um, intel on that. Uh, let's see. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Uh, DC at DC underscore Hawk six. Do you give ISU any chance of getting invited to the Big Ten? Scott Dockery said he thinks Iowa would block it, and I think I agree with him. I saw someone on Twitter arguing that Iowa politicians will get involved, but I don't know how Des Moines would force the Big Ten's hand. Yeah, that the politicians aren't going to do anything here in terms of the Big Ten. This will come down more to university presidents. I think that's the – and this is kind of piggybacking an earlier question, DC, so – Please refer to earlier in this podcast who Pat asked about ISU joining. I don't know what the, I put the odds at or the chances of them joining, you know, the Cyclones joining the Big Ten. I would say pretty low at this point. Um, but there's just a lot of ground to cover here. And the Oklahoma, Texas, although it was happening behind closed doors, it really just hit public consciousness now. So now the other conferences are reacting and talking and what do we do Do we add, you know, what's the move. Um, and I think all those discussions are going on hot and heavy now. I think the Big Ten benefits now from having both Kevin Warren and Barry Alvarez um, and Barry's connection to the presidents. I think that'll be a, a good setup there in terms of doing what's best for the conference, but obviously academic academics, uh, in terms of adding in the Big Ten is going to be a big part of the puzzle. So if it, if the Big Ten adds, and I think it will at some point, um, would Iowa block Iowa State? I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, you know, there was talk that Texas A&M and Missouri were going to block Texas and Oklahoma. They, You know, if, it, if it's financially beneficial to Iowa to have I, I, Iowa State in there and the Big Ten says, hey, we know this is probably isn't ideal for you, but, you know, we think this is a good fit and it's going to help us, you know, financially. And I'm, and I don't think, I'm not sure that's the case with Iowa state. I think it would be more if I, what Iowa state brings to the table rather than Iowa blocking. I think it's more the, that than, you know, we don't want them in here because they're our, our rival. I think it's more, what do they bring to the table? As I said earlier um, on that one. So kind of piggybacked off, yeah, and the politicians, I don't think, have much of a say of anything in this. Um, let's see. I thought I had more. Maybe not. Let's, let's see. I thought, I thought I had um, Let me see. Did Wombat? You should know better than not to use the hashtag Wombat. If it's not coming up, my apologies. But I thought you asked something. 
recently. Oh, here you are. And you didn't use the hashtag, <laughs> did you? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, oh, you did it, you did Jeff Mail. I'm not sure why it didn't come up when I looked. Anyway, I'm glad I remembered Wombat. Wombat Hat 42 at Wombat Hat 42 on Twitter. Again, like Wombat did, you can ask these questions using the HF mail hashtag anytime during the week. If you're listening to this podcast now and say, hey, I'm going to wait and ask a question next, the next time there is a mailbag podcast, but then you forget when that comes around and that continuously is happening. It's really important that you use the HF mail. Um, there was somebody that was mad at me last week, and, and I don't know, I can't find, I cannot find the... Uh, the question that this person has asked a couple of weeks without the hashtag, but, and I apologize. I think it's Dean Freen. Maybe you got to use HF mail. If you really want me to find it, I do my best to try to find these. It's not a personal thing, um, but I try to run down the questions as best I can here. That's hashtag HF mail. If you use that, I can usually find it. That's the easiest way that I don't miss your questions. If you don't use it, it's hit and miss unless it's, you know, you ask it right underneath when I solicit the questions. But Wombat asks, Media Days got exciting with the SEC rumor. It gave me a question for the next HF mail. Who would you personally want to add to the Big Ten? Who do you think would get added? I personally think it would be wiser to go into Texas, Baylor, and Houston, and the Southeast with USF and Memphis. Yeah, I mean, again, I haven't dug that far into this Wombat from a standpoint of um, what would be most beneficial financially, because ultimately that's what drives this bus. That's what drives the SEC to add Texas and Oklahoma. It's always financial. Follow the money. Not that that's any great, uh, that's breaking news or anything, but that's kind of where you have to go here. I personally, you've already got Maryland, Rutgers, and Penn State out east. You've got a pretty good footprint in the Midwest. I would go west, personally. I think Houston is definitely intriguing because of that market, that TV market. Um, and if you bring Houston to the Big Ten, and again, I don't know academically what type of fit Houston would be, but from a TV market standpoint, I think if you went Houston, the two L.A. schools and Washington, if you were going to add four, that would make you an 18-team conference. You've got the Houston market, you've got the L.A. market, you've got the Northwest and Seattle. Now, how do you do that from a um, scheduling standpoint? That could be difficult, but you've got the whole country. This is just my, and again, I'm not, I've not dug into this from a financial standpoint, logistics standpoint. I'm just thinking kind of off the top of my head. I want the Eastern TV market. I want the Midwest, the center of the country, which I already have. That's my, that's my main footprint. And then go out West and maybe Southwest. Um, the Southeast is going to be tough just because of the SEC schools and the ACC schools. I'm not sure that adding, you know, schools like South Florida or Central Florida or Memphis moves the needle a whole lot because you're going into the SEC footprint. I think you'd be better off, you know, maybe even Colorado. 
you get the Denver TV market as well. I don't know. Those are the schools that kind of stand out to me. Um, Oregon's fine from a, you know, a Phil Knight Nike standpoint, but I don't think you lose a, a great deal uh, by not adding them in terms of a TV market or, um, of, you know, a fan reach. Um, so that would be kind of my, uh, I don't know, kind of cursory um, thoughts on what the Big Ten might do. But I don't know. I'll talk, we'll talk about this more in the Hotspot podcast tomorrow with Scott Dockerman. Um, I think it's Dean Freen. I think you're the one that asked that question a couple times without using the hashtag, and I just I can't find it. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, let me look one more time. Um, if you use HF Mail, uh, let's see, hashtag HF Mail. This is last week's. And I'm still looking here and I don't see it. It's not coming up for some reason. If you ask, ask it underneath. I don't want to hold people up to this, but I appreciate um, all the questions this week. Dean Freed, I think it's you who asked the question. If you could use HF mail, it would be easier for me to, uh, to track this down. I'll look one more place before I sign off here. Please bear with me. I apologize, guys. Um, but I'll look at my post last week of uh, my podcast. Uh, let's see. Podcast from last week. No replies. No, I don't see any replies under that either. Um, sorry, I apologize. I can't find your question. Mr. Freen, if you use HF mail, uh, I will do my best to track it down, but I don't see anything. One last place to look here. I know this is great podcast. Um, <laughs> podcast content me flipping around from Twitter find, trying to find questions but yep looks like from are these Dave Housh at David Housh you asked this after I recorded last week. So see, I went through and found a question that I hadn't answered anyway. Have any guidelines been set for tailgating back in 2019 and wide open or limits on whether you can arrive, specifics with flight? Are they advising or taking a cut? How do they avoid being an agent rep? Does it matter anymore? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure on the tailgating. You probably want to check HawkeyeSports.com for that. Um, I'm sure they'll, they'll update the tailgating rules as we get closer. Um, I think there is a time limit from what I remember, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, are they advising only or taking a cut? I'm not sure it's some of these other questions out there. I'm sorry. Um, maybe it's the time element, but I think we've, uh, I think this has run its course, guys, this podcast. Appreciate all the questions as always. I appreciate everybody listening. Um, not sure when we'll come back with this one again. There's not a whole lot going on right now. We still have 
another couple weeks before media day. Um, but uh, I'll do these uh, when I feel motivated. And if you guys have any questions, as I said, hashtag HFmail. Use that hashtag. I'll be able to find your questions and I'll do my best to answer them. Have a great rest of your week and then weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.